doing that, I was face to face with it. It was holding me by my throat. And it felt like it was sucking something out of me. I probably should have been more scared than I was when I witnessed the exorcism. I turned and looked on my right side. When I did, there's, there's a beam on the side of the tree, a large beam. It's looking at me and I'm looking at it. After I hit the lock button and looked back up, I saw red eyes staring back at me. That they're going to show multiple gods all over the earth, be able to speak in people's languages. And at that point, it kind of converge into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old. And at that point, it'll like religion out of the context of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person. I know that. I know that people can't run through the woods like that. So this thing comes into view, and I see it. It's 50 yards away from me. It's walking. It's walking on two legs. It's huge. This is a big, hairy-looking being. You were talking about your parents being, um, you know, pretty kind of understanding. Mm-hmm. My my parents weren't. So um, my mom took me to a psychiatrist when I was eight years old because of my imaginary friends. Oh, wow. And didn't, you know, I didn't have the resources like now, like my children do. You know, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have, we had In Search Of and a few of the shows, but nothing that could really explain all the different things that that go on. So this was probably it was probably like seven years ago. My mom, um, <laughs> she, you know, she didn't poo-poo it, but she just wasn't fully um, ever able to help me understand any of it. And I was always kind of known as like the silly one in the family and the the Phoebe on Friends and. Um, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like the one that yeah. like you really love her, but you don't you think she's full of shit, you know? <laughs> so that was that was pretty much, you know, growing up. And my mom comes comes to visit us and she's reading Teresa Caputo's book. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Karen, oh my God, this woman is like amazing. Have you read this book? And I'm like, No, I said I've watched her show a couple times and yeah. And she's like Oh, do you know that spirits like wake her up when she was a child and she went to bed (laughs) and she was like this and I'm looking at her and I'm like, are you kidding me? And she's like, what? I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, that's my childhood. And she's like, oh, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, but this woman, she was like glorified. She thought, oh, this was like the greatest woman ever. Um, And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, yeah. Really, mom? Seriously? <laughs> so, how, how long? How old were you when 
um, your parents began to accept that what you had going on was not. Uh, hmm. Fifty-three years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, not too far. Um, they they always knew. So, like, my my mom's been divorced. So my 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 father, my dad, always knew. Um, and he actually very much he won't ever really admit it, but he has abilities um, himself. So. I, I know that it really kind of came from, from him and his side of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom and my stepfather really n- never really embraced it. I would say, I'm trying to think it kind of got to the point where the more, to be honest with you, the more that everybody else in my life validated it um the more that that they did it's kind of like when everybody else is telling you like oh my gosh i had a reading with your daughter and um they just kind of had to give in (laughs) they had to they had to give in and then this is the funny thing is um they lived in pennsylvania at the time so this would have been probably 12 years ago that i really um, fully kind of like came out of the closet with it. And I would get a phone call from my mom. I remember one year I got a phone call because they wanted me to like, do you know, we can't find where we put the Christmas decorations. And can you find the Christmas decorations? Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I'm not kidding you. And I actually found the Christmas decorations, which was another weird thing. Cause I'm like, I'll try, like I'll try. But, um, yeah, slowly over time, I think because everybody else is accepting of it, they've become accepting of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have, you know, my mom's had a gallery um, for her friends. So I think um, it's like slowly has become, you know, now if you ask her, she'll tell you 100% um, that she's always known this about me. And she did talk about when I was little, Um course it would have been nice to know this during my upbringing but she had told me that when i was around two her and my my father had an apartment um they had a duplex and the owners lived on one side and and my my mom and we lived on the other side and she remembered the owner coming and banging on the door and yelling at my parents for smoking because you weren't supposed to smoke in the house or in the apartment and my parents weren't smokers. And my mom said, you know, I kept telling them, we're, we're not smoking here. And he said, yes, you are. And she's like, no, we're not. We're sorry, we're not. I'm giving you one more warning. And he came back again to basically evict them. And she said that I was sitting on the floor playing. And I was I was there that time when he came to, came to the door. And I said, well, mom, it, you know, it's the man in the corner. And she, I don't remember this, obviously, but she said that I identified a man that was in the corner of the apartment that was the one that was smoking. <laughs> and the landlord ended up understanding that that was their grandparent. 
Oh, so, shit. you know, and, and of course, but you would have think that she would have raised me to accept that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't know about that probably until like 10 years ago wow. when she said, oh, yeah, we and I always knew this, but I didn't know that. Hmm. You know, now now she fully they all fully embrace it. And um, but they but my mom was also raised very Catholic and that was not the thing to talk about. Um, so I can understand why it wasn't really something that, you know, was fully embraced where now everybody's so much more receptive and aware. Mm-hmm. Do you find that, um, and this is maybe going to be a weird question, but my show is weird. So, um, <laughs> do you find that, um, potentially that like stressors and, um, um, things that, uh, put you on edge or put you in a, in a place that you are not, um, super comfortable. Um, are those, are those things that can prompt your being able to be, um, I'm trying to find the right words for this and, and I'll, I'll get to why I'm, I'm asking. I was a, I was a bouncer in a bar back in the late, oh, eight, wow. in the late eighties. Yeah. Great time to be a bouncer. Absolutely. Yeah. Great time. <laughs> Music was great. Yeah. Women were great. Everything yeah. was great. Um, but I, and, and this even turned into a game because I could, and, and the reason I bring up stressors is because in that situation, you are very hyper aware of mm-hmm. everything that's going on around you, every one that's coming into the bar, um, you're you're constantly paying attention to. I know I've seen that guy have five drinks already. Yeah, and you know it's just a matter of time. And it got to the point where uh, me and another guy there, who was who was one of my other bouncers, we would we would lay bets. I would I would make bets that I could. I could read people so well mm-hmm. by the end of my time there that I could tell whether you were going to be a happy drunk or that you were going to be the oh, girl, sure. the girl that yeah. gets up on the table and starts dancing, whether, yeah. whether this guy is going to get in a fight with his girlfriend, whether this guy is going to get a, in a fight on the dance floor. <laughs> um, I could, I could pick it. I mean, it was, you know, I'm, I'm not saying, I could take a room of 300 people and tell you what every person was going to do, but there were such strong feelings I had about people as they walked yeah. in the door. And this is before you added any alcohol, you know, to yeah. this, to the equation. And it got to the point where, you know, it was, it was kind of, kind of a joke with, with my buddy Brett that, you know, they, they probably put bets on, on it yeah i'm sure they did yeah yeah and i'll be damned if i wasn't right an awful lot of the time and i I believe it yeah you know is is it a is it a thing where you're in a situation where you where you have to be hyper aware i guess what i'm getting at is can that heighten even though i'm not somebody that typically walks around in a daily basis 
feeling that I have these kind of mm-hmm. powers or uh, gifts. Um, but there were times where I was almost like a step ahead of, of what was going to happen in that bar. Yeah. You know, when a fight was going to break out or, and I, I mean, there were time and time again, I would be in a position where I would already be where it was going to start or, yeah. and I was, I was there because I knew something was going on. I knew it was, I knew it was going to start. Well, that would be an example of, of definitely being a sensitive person. And I think you're, so for one thing, when you're tuning in and you're really aware, it makes you much more receptive. Mm -hmm. So, and you think about that just in daily life, how, how much better it is for you when you are and you notice things and you're, you're more, um, I mean, you could just go in your car and drive your same route all the time and then be like, I've, I've driven home for the past, you know, 15 years or whatever, the same road. How come I never noticed that before? Yeah. Um, so autopilot. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because you're not focusing and you're not tuned in. So that is like, you would be an interesting person to, I mean, I'm getting off topic now, but like to go to paranormal, to go to a place where spirits are and see if you could be, be receptive. Mm-hmm. I think that people, when you kind of shut off the the world and you are focusing, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be like in a highly stated, you know, like, like in a stressful place, but you are definitely putting your intention out there of being aware and being receptive and letting your natural instincts um, almost kind of like naturally shine and be your guide. Mm-hmm. And that makes you more connected to the people's energy that are, that were coming in that bar or, or walking around. Um, so there is something to be said because even like at the paranormal events and I, in that particular night that we did the filming, I explained to, um, to Michael that like, I, I said that to him, I said, listen, I'm going to want to not be in the house for hours before we begin filming because I'm already going to be naturally acclimating to the environment. So like a lot of times it's like when you first go someplace, you are more aware and heightened because it's a first experience. It's a new, you're, you're walking into a new place. Your senses do tend to be a little bit more alive. That's a good point. Yeah. And then the longer that you're there, the more you, you know, you do, you acclimate it. And I don't know like you calm down, but you just, you become, you kind of like mesh with the, the environment or the mm-hmm. energy that's in the, um, you know, in the location. I mean, even if you're going and meeting a whole bunch of strangers and you're walking into a party, you know, you think about that when you first walk in, there is that part of you that's a little bit of like, Oh, okay. All right. And then when you're there, you're like, okay, all right. You know, this is, this is cool. Right. Um, that can happen um, even just with with abilities and senses of 
you know, being more, I don't necessarily know if, I mean, I'm sure if you ask somebody, they would tell you that um, maybe some people react better with the adrenaline and, and under circumstances that are maybe stressful um, and other people, it may be the total opposite. Like they may, they may, you know, be able to tune in better in a more calming. Right. Yeah. It might be different for everybody, but, but I could see that you were, you were doing, um, and you probably weren't even really aware of it, but you would be surprised. You probably were shutting off that rational thinking brain of yours. Like you were actually kind of just tuning into the environment, not Mm -hmm. even realizing that you were shutting off the, um, you know, the one side. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was uncanny. It, it really was. And you probably were a really good bouncer. <laughs> I, I was. I, I yeah. never. I never got beat. So uh, <laughs> take for that. Take that for what it was. But uh, <laughs> it was. Uh, I can remember. I can remember the first night of uh, going in there. I, I, it was. It was a bar that was real close to my house, and um, I'd been there multiple times, and. I never, again, it's one of those things you go to someplace and you don't really necessarily notice something. Well, the night that I'm going there to start my first night, um, they used to have this little, uh, one of those little yellow arrow signs out front, you know, with the blinking lights and the arrow. Oh, yeah. And then you yep. put the the, yep. the slide on letters and, and it said Friday night at the fights. And uh, <laughs> I thought... Friday night at the fights. I thought it was a like a closed circuit TV, uh, you know, like a pay per view event. Yeah, that that's they were what having. I would think. Yeah. Um, but no, it wasn't. It was. It was because that bar had so many fights in it. Ah, uh, and like like the Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, like Patrick and, Swayze in the Roadhouse. And, and the police like literally came and made him shut the sign off and take the letters off the sign because he was like, he was advertising right. that it was a place to come and get into a yeah. fight. <laughs> and <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't a hundred percent sure what I was getting into. And, right. uh, um, but it, it wound up being, I'll have to, I have to admit that as far as life experiences go, probably the best job that I've ever had in my life. Wow. That's um, cool. You know, just because I've, it taught me how to read people. It taught yeah. me how to um, diplomatically take care yeah. of uh, escalation. You know, just yeah, by assess just situations by, just and, by yeah. using my words. Yeah, um, and then it also taught me what I was capable of physically. Some things I was not aware of, (laughs) but, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was a very enjoyable job. Not something you can make a lifelong career out of, but it was, uh, it was very interesting. That's cool. Yeah. I'm sure you've got some stories, a lot of stories. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And when my son was younger and, uh, he'd have his buddies over, he'd always be tell us some of those Tell me, tell us some of those stories when he worked in the bar. <laughs> so, that was fun. That's cool. So I asked you as far as um, a couple of a couple of stories to relate to us that would be like polar polar opposites, one end of the spectrum to the other. Yeah. Um, 
So the the angel and the boy um, kind of always refer to that that story because it <clears throat> it was one of my um, I mean I say profound it was it was kind of life changing in in so many different ways. So it was uh, typical. So this would have been probably, I think, six years ago, maybe. Typical case that arises. Somebody reaches out to me, um, either in an email or Facebook. Um, and this woman had messaged me. A friend referred her to me. And they were having activity in their, their house. And it was a young couple. And they had two um, twin toddlers and then they, their daughter was around five and they had moved into this house and they had started, they weren't living in the house, but they would go and, and work on it because they needed to do a lot of renovations before they could move in. And during the time of their renovations, they had a lot of experiences, but they didn't really think much of it. And then finally the family moved in and she you know, so most times when people reach out to me, there's usually like a general, um, you know, hey, I feel like I'm crazy. Um, you know, it's all very typical. You know, things are happening in, in my house. Toys are going on without um, there being batteries in them. Things are being moved. Um, you know, your, your normal paranormal stuff that starts to kind of freak people out and they realize, wait a minute, this isn't... Um, not really imagining this. And she had said that their daughter was um, interacting with an imaginary friend and they would hear their daughter um, talking to somebody and would be looking out the window. Um, and at first they didn't think too much of it because children have imaginary friends and it's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. But their her husband had an experience of um, they were sleeping and he woke up to hearing the sound of a child like running through the house. And, you know, his first thing as a father is, Oh my God, the kids are up. So he you know, got up and he went running to check on everybody. Everybody's sleeping and thought that was kind of a little, a little bizarre. And then the, the wife had woke up to, um, you know, a figure standing at, at her bed. So they reached out to me and I told her, you know, don't, don't tell me anymore. Um, and, and basically my protocol is, you know, I'm going to go to the house. If you can, like sometimes the homeowner will meet me there and then they'll take off for the day um, to just kind of like let me in. If they've never met me before, they're not just going to open their house, but sure. some of them do. Yeah. Some of them I'll, I'll provide um, references or if you want to speak with them, I'm not going to come out there to steal stuff from you, but I need to kind of walk around the house um, by myself and, um, you know, I'll, I'll kind of give you an idea of what's going on. So anyways, I, I went to her home and, and I'll try to kind of tell the story, um, quickly because I, it's, it, it can be a, it could be a very long story. Um, I knew when I went to the house that there was a little boy there and I, met him in the backyard and he kept telling me that he came from the woods 
and he pointed the direction like off the corner of the house that he came from a path in the woods and said that he had um, bumped his head and he was looking for his mom. And he had, you know, made reference to, um, you know, the little girl and the family. So he was really drawn to the house because of the little girl. She could see him. Mm-hmm. But he kept saying that he came from this path in the woods. So I, I spent the day at the house or a good portion of the day. And there were other spirits that were there. But I, I kind of knew that he was the main, you know, the main um issue because the he was becoming very attached to the little girl and so I I went home and I was in my kitchen and I'm cooking dinner and my husband's born and raised in this this area so he knows everybody and he came home from work and he's like so you know he's he's now one of those that when we first met he wasn't too um this didn't freak him out, but he wasn't, he wasn't really embracing all this either. He, mm-hmm. you know, he kind of listened to me and many times probably thought I was full of shit and like, <laughs> I have no clue what the hell you're talking about, but you know, didn't ever really pay that much attention to it until like later on. So he was just curious. He's like, so, um, you know, how did it go? And I'm like, well, you know, it went well, but I was explaining to him, that I was frustrated because most places the spirit can be researched because they are connected to the house. And I'm like, well, I said, this house is going to be tricky because it was a little boy. Um, he told me he came from this path in the woods and he had bumped his head. Um, and I'm like, he's searching, he's searching for his family. He's looking for his mom. And I'm like, I don't know how the heck we're going to research this. I I said, I'm going to have to have, um, the woman that was doing my research for me, her name was Colleen. I'm like, I'm going to have to have her research the whole, like the whole street or, you know, so I'm kind of like babbling out loud about not knowing what, how I'm going to proceed with it. And my husband looked at me and he's like, well, where'd you go? I'm like, well, I went to the Brown's house and he's like the Brown, the Brown's house. And you know, I told him the address and he's looking at me. And I'm like, what? He goes, you went to the Browns house. I'm like, yeah. He says, you saw a little boy. I'm like, yeah, I saw there was a little boy. I went through the whole thing again. And I'm like, you know, am I talking like Chinese or something? Like, (laughs) why are you looking at me weird? Like, what is the problem? I don't think you can say that. Can you? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Probably not. But I just, he's, he's got this strange look and he was starting to freak me out. Cause I'm like, what, what's the matter? And he's like, Karen, I know that story. And I'm like, you no do? Kidding. He's like, yeah. And, and he, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating. He, like his face was white. He looked like he was having a hard time. And he was processing what I was saying. Mm-hmm. So he proceeded to tell me that back in the 80s, this, um, the neighbor next door had a gathering and they were celebrating something. It was like a birthday party or some sort of family. And they had a whole bunch of people at the house. And one of the guests child, they were, the kids were all playing hide and seek and the child 
fell in an open um, septic tank and, oh, and died. And he said it was like a, a devastating thing for the town. Um, and he, he, he was just like, there's no way you would know that. Cause I'm not from New Hampshire and he, and I don't know, I don't know this, this area like that. I wouldn't have known that. Um, and he, he was just like stumped. So I had that as one thing that was going on. The fact that that was the first time that my husband was actually really believing me. Yeah. And I mean, he called his friend up and he's like, do you remember that story? Um, so anyway, you know, so we, I got that part of it down and I'm like, okay. And I went back to the house and, you know, I continued to talk to him. And by now I'm, um, feeling like as a mom, like this is awful. So I tried reaching out to people in town. Nobody wanted to talk about it. Um, I reached out to the police officer that was a part of that, that, um, recovery. Nobody wanted to talk about it. Um, and I started to feel like, oh my God, you know, the family moved away and it really hit me that if I was a mom, it would be devastating to think that my child was still wandering around. And then the whole thing of, I started to honestly, you, I'm thinking, well, where the hell is God for children? Like, mm, really? Exactly. So a child dies and they don't just naturally go wherever they're supposed to go. Like I, it, it was, it was affecting me and I would cry and I'd come home thinking, okay, we've got to figure, figure out who this boy is. So at the same time I was working on another case um, and this other case was more, um, it, the total opposite extreme. Now I didn't even mention this one to you, but I, so I had this, this little boy at this one particular house and I had another case of a family that was literally being brutalized by a spirit, like pushed down the stairs. Oh they had tons of things happening in their house, you know, appliances going on and off. Um, they had shadow figure that would, um, you know, verbally say, you know, very offensive things to them. And my, uh, my daughter and I were actually, cause my daughter was, was coming with me at this time and we were working on that house and the energy of that house was so intense that I started to feel like, do I need to have, um, am I protected? Like, like, do I need to have something, um, like, do I have to have a priest or somebody come? Because this is back in the very beginning of when I was really going to home. So I didn't have a lot of experience on cases. So I had, um, I had taken a break from that house to just make sure that I had the ability to, to, to solve it. And I had reached out to a friend who was a massage therapist um, and just thought, I'm going to go have a massage and get like all the stuff off my mind. And while I was having the massage with her, she had this 
vision of this. She said, like, Karen, she goes, you have like this really glowing. Um, she goes, I swear it looks like an angel that is um, by your feet. And she was seeing this while she was giving me my massage. And I'm like, really? And she's like, yeah. Um, so I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. You know, I kind of like, whatever, you know, I had my massage and I left. And then I contacted another woman um, in the field of paranormal that worked on a lot of houses and places that had, um, you know, that were more intense. And she worked on helping spirits leave. And I contacted her just for like, you know, can you tell me if I have anything to worry about at this particular house? Mm -hmm. And she said, Karen, you're all set. She goes, you know, you have... um, you have Archangel Michael with you and there's nothing, there's really nothing for you to worry about. And I'm, now I don't, I'm not a religious person. I wasn't really raised religious. So I'm kind of taking this in like whatever, you know? <laughs> and that's interesting to me because earlier in the, in the show, you stated that you weren't particularly religious. No. Obvi- obviously you must be at some point in your life where you are spiritual, but spiritual. Yeah. Not, but not, not like I wasn't raised like Catholic or raised any, you know, I really, I mean, obviously I, I learned about the Bible and I, and I do remember going to Sunday school when I was a kid, but I really never thought about angels or, or specific things like that. So I didn't really think much of it. And she, you know, she told me, she went on to describe, um, you know, what Archangel Michael looks like and he's kind of like a soldier man and he's all he's all in um you know, armor and he carries a sword and he's got long hair and and I'm just like listening and I'm like, okay. So she basically said to me, What if you feel that you um, you know, need extra protection, just call on this angel. And and honestly, I I'm not saying that I thought she was full of shit, but I just was like, you know, okay. Yeah, well, okay. you know, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna put that in my the back of my brain, and if I think that I need it, okay, cool. So I, I go to the house with the little boy, and by now, so this was my third visit, and by now I'm feeling that um, I need to help this this boy leave. Uh during the whole time of my visits, I was in full communication with the mom. And how this kind of went down is that I would tell her, okay, this is what the little boy is saying to me. And then she would have the experience of her daughter would then say things that the little boy was saying to her. So she was kind of like the middle person. Oh, wow. Um, between the two of us and she told me one day that she was going for a walk and her daughter pointed out the house and she said oh mommy that's the house that um, she called him Kevin she's like that's the house that Kevin comes from and she she's like really the, the little boy and she's like yep yeah, that that's where he lives um, and you know she would, would make reference to that um, you know he had fallen and he had hurt his head so she, the little girl would validate everything that I was saying and I would be validating everything that she was saying, which was kind of neat. Um, nice little cross-reference. Uh, it was. Yeah, tracking. it was. 
It really was. It was cool because I had never met met her. Um, so the the last visit, I just I felt like okay, um, he doesn't understand that he has passed. He he he's he's got to like I've got to help him. I've got to figure out how to help him. And I was sitting with him. And I know this sounds like so bizarre, but I was sitting Indian style on the floor and, um, and he's sitting there and I couldn't describe him. So I couldn't tell you what he looked like, but I, I could see the silhouette of him and I knew he was, he was a boy, but I couldn't really see like that particular time. I couldn't see like a, dis- I couldn't tell you if he had blonde hair or blue eyes. So I decided that I was going to um, call on my spirit guide who is a native American that I've had since I was a little kid and I've seen him throughout my life. That's like a whole nother story, but I wanted to call on him to help this boy find his family, like to help him, to help him leave. And, and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I mean, it wasn't, like I said, it was nothing that I've been trained in. I was just going on pure love and compassion and feeling for this, this, this child and someone's got to help him. So as I'm sitting there, I started to think of, okay, well, I've had like two people tell me that I have an angel with me. So I'll, I mean, honestly, for shits and giggles, I'll just, I'm going to call on this angel. So I called on this angel and asked him to, help assist my guide with this little boy. And I explained to the little boy what had happened to him. Um, explained in child's terms, like he was a bird and that he can't see his family where he is and that he really needed to kind of fly higher so that he could be with his family. Mm-hmm. Um, and, described what my Indian looked like and told him that there was an angel with me that was also going to help him. And I watched them literally. It was incredible. I just let go and I watched the silhouette of him. Um, The room became very light. And I watched him go. And the house was very quiet. Wow. And I came home and I was I was emotional and thought, okay. And about I think it was exactly a week later, the owner messaged me, and I still have her exact message saved. <clears throat> And she asked me, she said, Karen, do you know what your guides look like? Because her daughter said that Kevin came to see her and he came to say goodbye. He was going with a soldier lady who had no arms. And she thought maybe he was in trouble because he smelled like poop. And... The mom, she she said, this is so bizarre of her to say this. Like, 
like why would she say that he smelled like poop and she was kind of like this is this is just like and she was adamant wondering where the soldier lady took him and um he told her that she was taking him to find his dad so immediately i'm i started hysterically crying because i'm like angels exist a soldier lady with no arms. Wow. How would a five-year-old know what my guy looked like? How would she know that I, that I was asking for, you know, this Archangel Michael to, to help have him go find his family? So Michael, Michael, to my understanding, is a, is a male figure, but because it had long hair, yeah, the child mistook it for a, a woman, for a lady, and is dressed in armor. You know, visually is the 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 angel that's the soldier mm-hmm. looking, um, and the fact that she said he smelled like poop and he died in a septic tank. You know, it just blew my mind. I was like, wow. "This is real! Like, this is really real!" Like, so in the house, he's gone. Um, he's never been back that, you know, they, they've never had any, any visits from her. She since doesn't remember. She kind of outgrew it. So she doesn't have any memory of it. The daughter. Um, but that was really profound of just, oh my God, you know, so do angels really, really exist? Well, and the thing, the thing that I find interesting is, you know, the belief in angels, you know, is throughout Catholic religion, which I was born and raised Catholic, not practicing now, but, um, you know, and in, in Christianity, there's angels and everything, but from the standpoint of you Mm. saying that you are not religious, but spiritual, um, for that, for that to be prevalent in 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 your presence yeah is is uh is pretty unique and encouraging <laughs> that yeah <laughs> that uh, uh something that i've believed all along is you know it doesn't matter that you go sit in a in a mass or right um inside of a uh, a structured uh, organized religion. It's more about the relationship you have with the creator, whoever you feel that is. Yeah. Hmm. Because when you think about it, like the, I mean, this could go on a whole nother topic, but when like, I kind of look at how there are the seven chakras and the, and the chakras have colors, mm-hmm. but then there's also the, the, they associate many of the archangels with colors that all line up with the chakras. And then there's the different levels of dimensions. And I, th- and I think of, are they all the same thing? You know, I mean, they, they could be aliens for all, for all we know and higher beings that exactly. present yeah. that way. And they presented that way based on which civilization could be receptive to them. Mm-hmm. So for religious people, they present maybe as angels for spiritual people, they present as, um, you know, maybe higher beings of, of, of 
of color and and um light beings i don't know it's but i but i i remember a feeling like like of course we couldn't do this as an experiment but if i would have called on something else would she describe something else like if i had just said my indian you know would she have described an indian coming and taking her um it was it was really um but then for me and now this is what i mean about we could we could be on this 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 call for hours my first spiritual experience as a child that or the first that i can really remember clearly um i was little i I had to have been around i had to have been around five um but it's kind of like maybe between five and seven i remember watching tv and everybody was sleeping and i was i was out watching tv in the living room and we lived in um just a ranch style house was very small and I had this feeling to go to my bedroom and I got up and I walked down the hall and you had to kind of like walk down a hallway. They had like a bathroom and there were two rooms. It was a little bit dark and my room was the last room and the door was a little ajar and there was light coming from my room. And I remember walking down the hallway, kind of looking like perplexly of like, what's my, why is my room glowing? And I opened the door and there was this um, huge being in the door. And it was a woman. It looked like a woman. And she was glowing. I mean, just like all kinds of colors. And she was looking at me. And I looked at her. And I can't explain it to you, but it was like I looked at her and I just had this feeling of, like, hi, how are you? Like, I like nice to see you again. Um, like a knowing. It was almost like there was some sort of uh, connection. Yeah. And I, I literally looked at her and just smiled and then closed the door and went back to watch TV. And I've, when I had this case, I thought, oh my God, is is that the being that's been with me like, has that been with me my whole life? Wow. And, and you know, that particular time period, um, you know, these other, these people seeing it, you know, these other spiritual people actually seeing that being around me. Um, but that, that case was very, um, I'm not going to say it renewed a faith in me, but it, it definitely made me realize um two things. One, that I had the ability to help spirits leave. And, and ever since then, um, those are the two spirits that I call on to help a spirit leave that needs, that needs to have assistance. Um, so it made me realize that there is higher, um, forces or higher energy or a higher purpose to, um, and then it also made me realize that, like, this little boy, for whatever reason, um, didn't understand that he had died. Yeah. So then it made me think of, did, 
you know, that whole thing of, of a tragic death. You know, he bumped his head. Um, his parents moved and they left. So because, you know, like a child, you think of, oh, my God, so how many other children are around that maybe don't recognize? Um, I don't know. It's, it. you know, it, it was profound, but it was also, it, it left me with a lot of questions. Yeah. And if that's the case, it's awfully sad. If there's, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I just wrote about it in my, my second book um, because for a long time I felt for, I didn't want to search out the identity of the family and I didn't, I didn't need to know the name um, because I felt like at that time I would not want to um, inflict more pain right. on anyone. Make them relive it. So I, I kept everything kind of like just not, um, you know, unknown identity. And, yeah. um, but it was a story that, that I, I tell often because it's, it's profound in that way. And then on the other hand, the, you have the conjuring house. <laughs> it's like in the conjuring house, um, is, is a mystery because I cannot identify the um, one of the spirits or beings that is there. You say spirits or beings. Yeah. Do I do I assume by you saying that in that manner that there is uh, what were once human spirits, and then something that is not had not been human at one time. Yeah. So my, um, so I sent you the video mm -hmm. of, of, the the, of the lights. Yeah. And that was my first visit there. And there were, I think about 15 of us. <clears throat> and so the, the, so the conjuring house is definitely, um, has spirits there that are attached to the house that, you know, are human beings that lived, um, they're attached to the home for different particular reasons. Um, so there's no question to the fact that, you know, the house is, is haunted and the experience that the um, parents and everybody had there, um, obviously separate from what the movie states, but it definitely is a haunted house um, and can validate for certain, a lot of the things that they experienced. But that night so we were in the library and there were i think maybe four or five of us that were in the library and then there were people that were upstairs on the second floor and there were a few people that were in the living room and if you're in the library you can you can look out into the living room through the doors there's those two doors there and those doors are famously known i have another video of them opening up one will open up and hit the other one closed. Um, not every time you go there, but that's something that happens fairly often and happened with the, the, the whole story of, of the house and its background. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're in this library and the, you know, just communicating. And I started to get the feeling of something else coming in the room. And Jeremy was directly across from me. 
So I'm standing on the bookshelf and you can't see me in the video, but, and he's, you can see him um, and he's standing across from me and I could see this big, dark, like shadow that totally covered the whole door. I mean, it was huge coming into the room and I couldn't, I couldn't see it like identifying it as like a person. And so I'm just like, you know, I'm kind of talking out loud. I think prior to her videoing, I was talking about this. I don't know. There's this energy coming in, but he had a male voice. I could hear his voice and he um, had this kind of like sinister laugh kind of this deep sinister laugh. And he told me that he, I'm like, you know, I'm like, so I'm using dowsing rods. I am making hear him, but I'm using rods so that everybody in the room can can hear the answers. And he's not a male. So the dowsing rods are are responding with yes and no. Yes. Affirmations yep. with what you are you're asking aloud, but you're hearing within your head. Right. Okay. So I could hear his voice, and he, um, you know, wasn't a male, and he's not a female. And he even said to me in this like really creepy laugh, like, I, I'll be what you want me to be. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's creepy. Um, and, and I couldn't, I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't see. <clears throat> I'm not seeing a figure. And he told, told me that he is um, never lived a human body. Never lived, a, never lived on earth. Never lived in human form. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the things from our galaxy. Um, and and just kind of continued. And I'm, and I'm kind of baffled and I'm talking out loud and Jeremy's kind of feeling him as well. And Jeremy was feeling that he's like, I, I don't know. I feel like he's, is he Native American or elemental? And, and I'm like, no. And just this intense feeling of like being in the presence of something very strong and the next thing you know the lights so the chandelier light goes completely down out and started to go off and on but the house lights upstairs were doing it it like the house lights were all doing different things at different times so it wasn't like it wasn't like somebody playing with the power where so you every, turn the lights yeah. off and so, the whole house lights go off. Right, yeah. This was like a different time. So the lights go down completely out and back on. And then you'll hear like the ladies upstairs started screaming. Um, the owners thought that we were messing with the electricity because they're like on the far end of the house and they are in like a private area um, so that people can investigate and they closed the door. Oh. They thought we were messing with the power. And so this, this energy had enough power to mess with the entire electrical system of the house. It was bizarre. <laughs> and it indicated to you that it was from our galaxy. It said it was from our galaxy. It's, it's indicated to me several times that it comes from the water. And... That, and I started thinking, okay, well, am I talking to water? Is this like, like, is that possible? Is it possible to talk to water? Um, but it has, um, it's, it's kind of like 
a jokester a little bit of where it has told me before um, because it, it comes not every time that I'm there, but most times when I'm there, it will come out. Oh, so you've experienced this on multiple occasions. Multiple occasions, multiple occasions. Um, and other guests that are with me have experienced it. It doesn't come out for everyone, though. It's almost like if, if people are receptive enough, it will. Um, and But it is not human. And I don't really know what it is. And you said it had a sinister laugh, but does does your um, does your is your takeaway that it is something that's evil, or that it just is not bound by the same moralities as as ours and the way that it behaves? My feeling is, at first, I thought that that it's that it's not evil but over time i think that it has the ability to be because there are people that are affected by that house um that i i almost feel like it enjoys playing with people mm-hmm. um to be honest i haven't quite 100% pinpointed it but i've had um, two experiences there because people ask me this all the time, you know, does anything ever scare you or do you ever go to a location and you are, you, you have a fear about it or you feel that there's something really evil there. And for the longest time I would say, no, I don't feel that there's evil there at the house, but there was a time recent that, um, the house itself, this is like, it's even creepy talking about it. <laughs> I feel um, kind of threatened me. So it, again, this particular energy comes out. It shows up on the SLS, which is the, um, it's stick, that connect the sensor. Fi- yeah. The stick yep. figures that, yeah. It will show up about eight feet tall with the bent neck. Um, humanoid form, two arms, humanoid form. Yep. But, but super tall, like huge. Like it, it literally is about like, if, if you were looking at, it, it was probably like eight or 10 feet tall. Um, and this one particular time, it, it, I just, all of my, it was like, it was messing with my senses. Like it wouldn't, the same thing. Like it wouldn't allow me to tune in. It kind of kept blocking me. There were a couple women that were, um, also psychics and mediums that were in the room with me. And one of them looked at me and she said, Karen, she goes, your, your face is changing. And I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, your face is changing. Um, she's like, I think you need to, I think you need to get up and move around. Um, and I, and so I got up and we went outside and we were outside for about a half hour. Oh, and I didn't send you this video. We were outside for about a half hour. And the next thing you know, I'm looking up at the sky and there is this ball of light up above the tree line. And we filmed this by now, everybody's coming outside to check on me. And we have, there's three of us that were videoing it and 
it is changing shape. And at one point it divides into three. And then the next thing it divides up into six. Oh my word. And, um, probably for a good, I think probably for a good 20 minutes, um, we're watching this ball of light in, in the sky. Um, Corey, the owner of the house still wants me to, to, um, document it and wants me to report it. But he's like, there's like no doubt about it. That, that was a UFO. And when I went back in the house, there was this awareness of remembering, like, I so went back in and I'm like, okay, you need to get your shit together. <laughs> like, like losing <laughs> it. I'm like, Oh my God, I've never seen a UFO before. I've never had, I've never like, okay, I've got this, non-human thing talking to me? Am I talking to an alien? I don't think I'm ready for aliens. I got the ghosts and the spirits thing down. I've embraced that. I'm not sure about this. And the night before, I re- and I remembered I was sitting in the kitchen of, of the house, and I looked down the hallway, and this spirit of this creppity old-looking woman comes around the corner. She had long, scraggly hair, and she looked right at me, like as evil as evil could be. And she looked right at me, eye to eye, and she said, fuck you. And she went right down in the basement. And I was Whoa. like, oh, shit. <laughs> Whoa. And I've never, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never had that. And that it was like that night I felt like the house was, like the other side of the house was coming out. Wow. Yeah. It was creepy. Was her name Karen? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not not in the sense of your name, but, you know, Karen, like in all the memes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Very evil looking. Very, very evil looking. But human, Um, but human looking. But human looking. Yeah. And when I described what she looked like, the lady said, that's what you were looking like. And like you were taking on her form, like I was taking on her form and people have had, um, this has become now like, like over time investigating that place. Sometimes people now are starting to see some consistencies and we have noticed that periodically people will have pictures that their face is very distorted. That like oh. like p- just people taking pictures around, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, one of the people in the room will have their face completely distorted, which is very bizarre. Because when I told Corey what had happened, he's like, "Are you kidding?" I'm like, "No." He goes, "That we're hearing that more and more." And now I've seen it. I've actually looked at people who've showed me pictures, and their faces distorted. So it's almost like there is. I don't know if this particular energy shape shifts there. And it presents itself in different ways, like presents itself as a spirit. And then, you know, because it can, Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely turned into a house of mystery. Starting to sound like another skinwalker ranch. UFOs. Oh, no, I've uh, never watched that. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't watched that, but I've, it's, it, it definitely has multiple things. And there's there's different lights that show up at the house, which are really weird in a room. Um, 
where you'll see flashes of like green and red and just, just there's a lot of things that are not like your normal, typical haunted house. Like there's like, I don't know if it's like there's layers, um, but this whole non-human thing, I've never, in all the places that I've been, it's always been a human that is there. I've never had, um, I've never, I've never communicated with something that is not human. So it's, I still haven't put my finger on it. That's bizarre. Mm. But I don't feel um, like as people have asked me, well, do you, oh my God, does, it, does that scare you? And it's like, no, I mean, I, I feel very protected. I, like I just feel naturally protected. Um, and there have been times that I've laughed at it. Like, you know, like we've used the Ouija board a few times and it'll, it'll say demon and devil. And I'm like, yeah, right. Like, okay, really? Um, and I don't know if it's because uh, like, there might be some people who that would freak them out. But for me, it's like, I don't believe you, believe you, mm-hmm. but I don't know. <laughs> that is that's, to be continued. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in, in your, in your travels, in your, uh, in your experiences, you don't you don't run up on things that uh, present themselves as demons. It's it's always a, a human mm-hmm. human based spirit. Human based spirit. Yep. So far, and hopefully it stays that way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't go. I don't go looking for it. But that's. Um, well, and, and I, I have, and I think and I think that's that's a direct. Uh, you know, contradiction to what we are uh, presented with on a weekly basis with with all these right. television programs, you know. Yeah. Because in those, it's quite the opposite. It's always a demon, and it's always yeah. something that is either uh, a demon or a uh, elemental, or you know, yep. something that you know, I mean. Okay, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. Dealing with a a spirit for somebody who's not used to it is scary as shit to begin with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, so why can't we just be spooked by watching these shows just because it's a spirit? Why does it have to be? Why do we have to, you know, insist on on the the demonic and and things that have never had a human? uh, And I don't know why that's like that. Like, Like, part of me almost wants to ask someone like at what point did they decide to make that change? Because I remember shows like the haunting um, that used to tell like the full story and they were very interesting to watch. Oh, like the haunting in Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah. And there was the show that was on, I think it was called a haunting. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't remember what channel was on, but that, that would give you the whole story. It was a typical haunted house and they would research yeah. it and they would go through and then Those they would kind of give you like a scenario at the end of what potentially happened. And I don't know what changed to where it became because people show up at these events and, and I do find a lot of times I'm spending half of the time explaining to people. Um, I mean, I've had people that come that are so afraid 
you know, if they're going to see a shadow, they immediately go to that. Like, well, it's, it's got to be something negative. Is there something negative in here? And it's like, no, you know, sometimes that's how a spirit is able to manifest. Um, you know, I've had a house, the house that I worked on that I thought that I might need to have a priest, that particular house, um, there was one spirit in that house. If you took a picture of the homeowner, um, I can't share the pictures because the person who owns the pictures doesn't like them shared. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, she has this green swirling, like looks like a snake that's all around her body. And it's creepy as hell. I mean, if you saw the picture, you'd be like, what the hell is that? Um, and most people immediately go to that being something like, oh my God, that's something evil. And in fact, it is her grandmother. She inherited the house from her grandmother. And every time her grandmother's around her, she shows up in this greenish swirl. Really? Um, when I was there and, and I was talking to her and I had um, my hand out and I had green all like all swirling around my hand. Now there's another spirit there that presents in a dark shadow. Um, so it's like, and that's, he presents that way time and time again. It doesn't necessarily mean he's a, he's a terrible person, but that's how he manifests. So I think that sometimes, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's because of the sales or like you said, the producers get more ratings if, if, if they, they play the whole demon thing. Mm. And is that really, maybe that's what society wants. So that's what, sensationalize it to the the nth degree but it's very frustrating because for me um that particular house with the boy and the angel i had um probably a few months after that case was kind of done and, and resolved um one of the family members contacted me and he contacted me to have a reading and i went through a reading with this man and then shortly after that, he emailed me and told me that he was a cameraman for NBC and he, that was his family. And he was totally intrigued by the whole mediumship of, of, of how I worked, how, you know, the whole case, the boy, all of it. And he had wanted to film a pilot based on me and oh, wanted really? to try to ha- yeah he did it was this it was really cool because we talked for the better part of a year he wanted to do it kind of on the side um and wanted to syndicate it because he really felt that like okay this is something unique and different no one shows the story of the spirit and from a medium's point of view but the trouble was that he couldn't really get the funding for it. And we had a hard time with the filming and editing because they're from DC and I'm in New Hampshire Mm -hmm. and I didn't have somebody here that could really at the time do, um, because he wanted, you know, kind of like the first initial filming and the editing to then be sent to him. And then he would polish it and clean it up and whatever. But, um, but in the end, 
he felt like unless it was a story that had the whole demon thing that, you know, TV wasn't going to pick it up. Right. So it kind of fizzled, fizzled away. That's a shame. Yeah. Because, you know, going back to what you said about the, uh, the old haunting, uh, shows where they told the whole story those were much um much more enjoyable um not not to not to seek enjoyment from you know somebody's passing but it was it was much more enjoyable hearing the whole story from you know beginning to yeah uh resolution than than what we get nowadays yeah well, plus, when you think about it, too, um, in all honesty, what better way to learn about the afterlife than from the afterlife? Yeah. So to to learn about why some of these spirits are lingering and having a hard time moving on then only allows you to think about, well, gee, you know, how's my life like? You know, if I don't want to be haunting a location, I better get my shit together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? If I don't, um, if, I, if I don't want some idiot <laughs> yelling at me and yes. cur- cursing at me uh, <laughs> to the point but, where it makes me want to scratch him or bite him, then, yeah. uh, <laughs> and then he's going to call me all kinds of nasty names and yeah. tell me I'm a demon. <laughs> Oh boy. But anyway, so that's yeah, that's the gist of it. And I'm I'm so eager for the I guess um actually I talked to Cortland a few hours ago and he said that they're he was checking with Michael to see when they were gonna release the video because they were putting together this really good video and um I'm really anticipating it being fun to watch. Well, if it's like anything that they do, um, I'm sure it's going to be uh, very well done. Yeah. They uh, they don't do anything half-ass. It seems sure. it, yeah. Yeah. Karen, it's been an absolute joy talking with you. Yeah, it's, been a, it's been a pleasure. We're, we're coming up on three hours here real quick. So. <laughs> um, well, there, I know it's the thing. There's so much, so much that you can talk about. Yeah, and I'd love to do this again if we can uh, if we can go off into some of the other topics and uh, and explore yeah, that those would be as great. well. Then by all means, we should do it. One more time for the listeners: let them know where they can find you, where they can find your books, how they can get a hold of you if they want to take part in one of your events. Okay, well the um, the go to place for everything that you would want to know would be my website. Um, which is very easy. It's just www.karentatro.com. And my events are all listed on there. I'm on Facebook a lot. That's where like a lot of people um, interact. And that's just under Karen Tatro. And my books, I've got, um, I have my two spirit adventures, my first book has been out for a year. My second book now is just has just hit the online marketing. Amazon.com, um, Barnes & Noble, um, 
there's some like Booktopia and some other places that carry it. You can just look up Spirit Adventures or just plug in my name. And you can also purchase it through me if you want like an autographed copy. I usually have a stack on on hand too. Um, but really everything's through my website. That's where my readings of what I have open. Um, if you want to, if somebody wants to book a gallery, um, obviously we're in different states, but any of the New Hampshire um, people within my area. And eventually events, um, I am trying to grow out of the New England area. So if people, if your listeners have really great places that are haunted um, and they think that, you know, I might might be interested in doing an event at, definitely, um, you know, go on my, my Facebook or reach out to me through my website because I'm always looking for, for new places to go, which would be great. That would be great. Yeah. I've even told Corlin that, that, Geez, if you guys want to, you know, want to do another collaboration, that would be awesome. We've uh, we've actually been uh, talking, he and I, about a collaboration that uh, sounds like we may be uh, getting into over the, oh, cool. over the winter months here, and hopefully culminating with uh, uh, at least being able to premiere a sizzle reel or. Uh, something like awesome. that at a an event that i'm going to be hosting in uh, mid-september so and that will be on the, the bigfoot topic oh that yeah that that would be cool i've never i've never done anything like that but i have always been intrigued i've i've wondered i'll have to watch your i'll have to watch your look for it yeah i'll i'll keep you up to date on on everything and uh it's been an absolute pleasure, really. Yes, it has. Uh, it Thank you for reaching not, out. Does not feel like it's been three hours, and you've, no. <laughs> you've got a you've got a ton of interesting stories, and I really like your uh, your down to earth perspective on things. I, I super appreciate the uh, the normalcy at, in the way that you approach this. Well, thank you, and likewise, it was it was very easy to to talk with you. Thank you. So I would say, right back at you. <laughs> All right, stick. So with hopefully, me. I will talk to you again, and um, thank you for the opportunity. Well, it's been my pleasure. Stay with me here, and when we end this, and uh, I want to talk to you for a second. Okay. Um, so, Karen, thank you for being uncomfortable, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Sounds great. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. I want to hear your story. I want to hear your experience. So email me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, then leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Share the show with your friends. Share the show on social media. Make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. All at Uncomfortable Podcast. And until next week, my friends, stay uncomfortable.